Future Doctor, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the experiences of Black doctoral students in the UK. I'm Nina, I'm a first year psychology PhD student at the University of Bath and I'm your host. And today I have with me Leah Francis, who is studying for the doctorate in clinical psychology at the University of Essex. Hi Leah, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hey Nina, no problem. First, can you tell me a bit more about yourself and the subject of your doctorate? Sure. So, as you mentioned, my doctorate is in clinical psychology. And a lot of people think that that's a PhD, but it's a little bit different. So it's a doctorate of clinical psychology rather than a doctorate of philosophy, which is what a PhD is. And the difference is really that it's a professional qualification as well as, I guess, something that gives you the doctor title. And we don't write as much research as you might on a PhD in a clinical psychology doctorate. So we do a lot of research, but our work count is a bit less. And alongside doing our research and assignments, we also work in the NHS as a trainee clinical psychologist. So we do that three days a week in our first and second year, and then it increases a little bit in our third year. So being a trainee clinical psychologist, we have two days a week or at least for first and second year and it might vary across other universities as well Mm -hmm. we have two days a week where we are doing lectures sometimes we have study or research days as well Mm -hmm. so two kind of university days and in those uni days we learn about research but we also learn about sort of psychology and we learn about different kind of models of therapy and depending on what university you're at there might be a bit more of an emphasis on certain models Mm-hmm. And then we also have to do teaching as part of our work to deliver training. We have to sort of do service development work and research within services and think about at my university anyway. So there's a lot of thinking about uh, issues of diversity and power. Yeah, brilliant. So basically, clinical psychology trainees do everything. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess because I'm coming from the perspective of I'm doing a psychology PhD and it is it has a clinical health focus but like you said it is distinct from the doctorate of clinical psychology which is a professional doctorate you've got that like work-based placements with research but also teaching learning and delivering it whereas a PhD is more research focused a bit more teaching focused but you're doing a lot of like independent research work so What first inspired you to pursue the clinical psychology doctorate and what made you interested in clinical psychology? I kind of went on and off the idea of doing clinical psychology, Mm -hmm. I think from my A-levels really. I've always been really interested in people and in what makes of people, I guess in how people are able to just go through so many different things in life and still keep going as well in why people act the way they do and yeah just sort of thinking about people and their experiences and for that reason I was I mean I initially was very interested in literature and I almost did that at university I did a lot of work experience even when I was doing my A-levels just sort of trying to understand a bit more about it Mm -hmm. yeah and also in psycholinguistics as well I continued doing work experience during my undergrad as well and sort of did some research work experience sort of thinking that it might be something I would like to keep as a possibility Mm 
but I was quite ambivalent about it. And then I uh, actually like ran for an election after I finished my undergrad or in my last year, and I got elected as a student sabbatical officer. Okay, which is a bit of a different route, really, sort of student <laughs> politics. <laughs> Although there's obviously a lot of politics in the NHS, but. Mm. And I think it was during that time I was doing still quite a lot of psychology stuff and I was helping to develop this peer support group. And I actually saw a black therapist and it kind of clicked with me about why I'd been feeling really ambivalent. And I also got involved in this campaign, Why Is My Curriculum White? And it, I was sort of really putting these pieces together about just the complete lack of representation within psychology. Mm-hmm. And that I kind of didn't really see myself represented and that that really was putting me off. Because it didn't feel like psychology was a thing that people that look like me do. Yeah. It's hard to imagine yourself if you don't see yourself. Yeah. But actually going through that process of realising it was quite helpful. Hmm. But I thought maybe I could I could be a role model or like I could sort of, I guess sometimes if you don't see people that look like you, you kind of got to start from somewhere and... Hmm and be the change yeah exactly and if it doesn't work out there are other careers out there yeah especially in psychology like psychology is so flexible you can kind of go into anything with it but yeah I think it is difficult when you don't see yourself and you kind of have to like force yourself to be that person but hey you know hopefully makes change for others you know yeah and then sort of really thinking about what's the impact of of not having that representation Mm. like wider than future psychologists but also for like service users for people that are supposed to be seeing those Mm. and like even wider like what does it mean to not have black people or brown people really because I think it goes further what does it mean to not have them represented in this profession what is it keeping up yeah definitely so you decided that you wanted to do like continue pursuing uh clinical psychology kind of kind of <laughs> it's still kind of on and off <laughs> yeah so what happened after that so how did you get from I guess that place where you're unsure to applying well I decided that I wanted to think about decolonizing psychology mm-hmm. I was doing this why is my curriculum why and I talked with Suman Fernando mm-hmm. I met him at this event and he got in contact with the campaign why is my curriculum white said he thought it was really interesting that he'd been doing some work around mental health and he inspired me to look into transcultural mental health care mm-hmm. I literally I think I googled it and there was a master's on it and so I thought I'll do that I just wanted to get other perspectives on it and I thought if I do go into clinical psychology I don't want to be completely washed away with this system mm-hmm. of which is I guess perpetuating a certain way of thinking I want to be able to think critically when I'm on that course and I think actually doing that master's really has helped me to take a critical perspective and to the things I'm learning yeah I imagine it helps with like keeping up your resilience while because the clinical psychology doctor it's really tough and I imagine I guess having this critical perspective helps you keep grounded potentially yeah I mean at Essex they they quite welcome critical thinking. Mm-hmm. I even said that in my interview, which was quite nice. <laughs> but I was very critical in the way that I approached that interview, actually. Mm-hmm. Not on purpose. It's just, I guess it's the way that I think. 
and they asked me about how would I work in an NHS which is institutionally racist. That's quite a big question. I don't, I don't know why I'd respond to that. <laughs> well, I think it would be quite hard to find a, a system to work in that isn't institutionally racist, regardless of what the government say, given that society is kind of built off the back of sort of the slave trade. Mm-hmm. And I've been working in the NHS already. So the NHS wasn't a new system to me. I'm just going to take you back a little bit just to make sure Mm -hmm. I'm understanding what you're saying. So you started thinking about it during A-level, went on to do your undergraduate degree, got some more experience for a sabbatical officer and then went on to your master's course. Yeah, and I was working in a school alongside that as well. Okay, so working in a school as well. And then what happened after that bit? So I was doing, while I was doing my master's, which I was doing part-time over two years, Okay. Yeah. so the first year I was kind of working in a school and that experience was quite relevant. I was teaching A-level psychology. I ended up doing interim SENCO work, special educational needs coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then in my second year of my master's, I applied for a job as a research assistant and assistant psychologist. It was kind of a whole post, Yeah. but it was a part-time job still in a charity that it's for young people aged I think 12 to 25 mm-hmm. and it's quite psychodynamically informed. There's something about being in an assistant psychologist position which almost kind of sets you on a bit of a trajectory it's like everyone is starts asking you about applying and you're sort of supposed to it feels like you're kind of encouraged to think about it a lot. Okay. I didn't apply when I was actually in that job but I after a year or two years I can't remember after I was in that job for a bit I applied for a CAMS assistant psychologist job and in that one there was even more of an emphasis of applying and I think actually it was probably when we had a trainee that joined the service that I was working in the first service I was working as an assistant psychologist that I really started thinking about it Mm -hmm. so we had someone that was doing it and trainees have a habit of sort of nudging you and saying oh are you going to apply when are you going to apply and sort of wondering about that as well but when I um, changed jobs I was not in that job for very long when I started writing my application form okay because I think I joined in the summer and then applied in the autumn so I hadn't really been in the job for very long but I had some really really lovely supervisors and I feel really lucky to have had such supportive supervisors there who kind of really believed in me and really encouraged me and I also finally had met a black clinical psychologist oh, as well. Oh really that's great. Yeah one of my supervisors was a black clinical psychologist and she was brilliant, is brilliant. Great so you decided to apply and I mean how many years did you apply over? Did you get on the first time? So I got on that first time yeah. Amazing. And I really feel like it was in part to do with having like so much support Mm. I was the only assistant psychologist in that service and I was kind of spoilt for choice because there were a lot of psychologists there who were all very happy to help me yeah great so I've got a couple of questions about the application process so you got on the first time how many courses did you apply to so when you apply you apply to four courses it's kind of like UCAS but it's on a site called Leeds Clearinghouse Mm -hmm. So how did you prepare for the interviews that you had? So I interviewed at three unis and actually the interviews were, there were some similarities and there were some 
like differences Mm. and I did a lot of reading I read up on sort of just thinking about formulating in different ways so I read a bit more about the models Mm -hmm. to sort of so I could think of it more pluralistically and I watched some videos as well and I practiced so I was working therapeutically with young people at the time so I practiced formulating so kind of writing out I guess stories I practiced formulating in different models so using sort of different ways of thinking about the people that I was working with I also talked to trainees mm-hmm. bearing in mind though that actually some of the people I was talking to were not necessarily at university that I wanted to apply mm. but it was just quite helpful just to get their perspective on what might be good to think about if you google like clinical psychology questions or the big list of clinical psychology questions there's this giant list that comes up so I looked at this giant list and I kind of condensed it into themes Mm -hmm. and then I just practiced talking about all of these different themes I spent quite a long time I I started my preparation quite early so I'd met at a conference that I'd gone to I'd met this lovely person she's called Ghislaine and she runs a page called race reflections which Mm -hmm. you should check out and she is incredible and she's writing a book no she's written a book actually which is I think is going to be released soon I've ordered a pre-release copy I think it's called living whilst black but her insights into sort of thinking about race and clinical psychology are just incredible so I met with her and she basically said you need to start preparing early Mm -hmm. and she even tested me on the spot and I was awful she asked me a couple of questions and I was just like I don't even know what I'm saying and so she was like you need to start preparing early act as if you've already got interview offers and so I'm really grateful to her for having kind of given me a bit of a kick up the backside to just get on it and whenever I am helping people I kind of say the same to them that they should just sort of get thinking about it early and practicing early so that it's not like a last minute cram session and that knowledge is just a bit more embedded I guess. Brilliant. Okay. So how did you find the interviews? I guess from like a personal perspective, how were they? They varied. The one for Essex was like a really long day, Mm -hmm. but it was interesting. I did actually find it interesting that they'd asked me about institutional racism and that they'd acknowledged that the NHS was institutionally racist. Mm -hmm. Kind of, yeah, I respected that. And they were a bit more encouraging compared to some of the others I interviewed at they were yeah felt supportive at all of them there was a group task with service users as well okay good good that they included that yeah so that was pretty cool but the group tasks kind of varied depending on the university at one university I had quite a horrible experience where they sort of kept making comments about how I must be really anxious and at this point I already had an offer and I'd done two interviews I was not sort of hugely anxious but I was curious just to see what that this other university was like Hmm. that is really off-putting like it's difficult when people say things offhand but I feel like when people tell me like oh are you anxious and then like well now I am now that you pointed it out yeah and it kind of makes you think about like so I was lucky that I had an an offer already but like Mm -hmm. also like why shouldn't they assume that I have an offer already and it made me just sort of really reflect on are they looking at me and sort of seeing me as someone that's that doesn't belong on the doctorate? Mm. Are they looking at me and just assuming that I'm not going to be very good? I don't know. It was something I gave as feedback on the day because yeah. it really kind of threw me. 
these sort of comments that they made about me being anxious and it made me anxious yeah and I hadn't been because I had sort of interestingly it made me more anxious and that was my third interview than I was in my first interview yeah which is bizarre really especially when you've got an offer you know so I guess it shows the power of like the comments people can make I honestly think that some of the difference between getting onto the doctorate is is like luck is who interviews you Mm-hmm. I wonder would I have got on if I'd been interviewed by someone else at the courses that I did get onto, and would I have got on if I'd been interviewed by someone else at the one that I did not get onto? As much as we want to have a handle on our biases, the interviewers are human beings that mm-hmm. do have biases, and and we know that if you're black, you're significantly less likely to get onto the doctorate. Mm-hmm. And so those biases will be in action. And I think it's an interview stage in particular that you're less likely to get on. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point that, you know, I feel like I see it on social media a lot. And especially at the moment, because, you know, people are getting interviews and getting offers or not getting offers. And I feel like there's a lot of reactions that there's something about you that means you haven't gotten on. And I often think, no, it it's not about you, you know, you can always have things to work on, but it, it's circumstances, it's luck, it can be a number of factors, nothing to do with you, like your worth isn't based on these interviews that you do, and really do keep trying, if that's what you want to do. And there is the myth of meritocracy, Mm -hmm. that if you work hard enough, you will succeed, which kind of ignores systemic inequalities. 100%. Yeah. I think that's a really, really important point. As you just said, you know, unfortunately, the clinical psychology doctorate is known for being quite inaccessible to potentially disadvantaged groups and efforts are being made to improve that. But, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. How have you found it, you know, being on the doctorate and being a black student? It's been interesting. So quite early on in my first year, there was a conference of trainers where there was a mock slave auction. I heard about that. Yeah. So that was quite upsetting. So trainers in clinical psychology had gone to a conference and as entertainment, there had been a mock slave auction. Mm -hmm. And that was I think that was quite upsetting for people on the for anyone sort of as black that was training at the time to hear that sort of slavery which is this horrible genocide from which people are still kind of like the trauma waves are still going mm-hmm. <laughs> that that had been minimized in such a way and that had been considered something worthy of entertainment yeah but even though that happened it kind of felt like it wasn't until George Floyd was murdered that people really started to think about race a bit more seriously. Although I was sort of bringing it up quite a lot, it kind of felt like that was like the final shock. And since then, there's been a lot of focus on race within the profession, Mm. within the training courses. And then they put a whole bunch of money in recently to courses to do something around race and accessibility for students of colour. But it's, yeah, it's a struggle. I feel kind of lucky because I have met another black clinical psychologist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've met them all recently, who's my mentor now. And it's really nice having someone to sort of talk to that's outside of the course as well Mm -hmm. and outside of marking me because there is that sort of, my course is pretty supportive actually. Mm -hmm. 
but there is an element of being aware that we're going to get judged as well that we're going to be marked so it's quite nice to have someone that's outside of the course that's there to help me just think about some of the dynamics on placement on the course and the ways in which like the intersections of my identity might sort of make things harder really yeah it sounds like having that those mentorship relationships both inside with what you're doing right now but also outside have been really beneficial and helpful especially you know being a black trainee having that support yeah it's nice to just sort of I guess be validated and some of the like the microaggressions and things yeah brilliant okay so we're almost at the end of the interview I've just got one question that I ask everyone you've given loads of amazing advice but what is one piece of core advice you would give to other black people considering pursuing the clinical psychology doctorate I would encourage them to reach out to trainees and qualified clinical psychologists on social media on a lot of the people that I've helped and mentored have reached out to me on Twitter or reached out to me on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and I think that like we don't always have access to supportive supervisors Mm -hmm. I was lucky that I did but having support from someone that's actually is within the system already that is training or is qualified is really really valuable they can help you think about how to write your application they can help you think about where to focus in preparation for your interview Mm -hmm. it can sometimes be a bit awkward to just reach out to someone but I would encourage you to yeah to reach out to people to find mentor I guess yeah and some universities do have mentoring or mentorship schemes oh yeah that's a big thing with the funding yeah is for them to set up mental schemes yeah it's very new and I don't know how many universities do have it but definitely worth uh, looking into it if you're considering applying they got a lot of funding to do it so probably most universities are going to have it coming up we hope so but even those sort of more informal mentors as well can be quite helpful oh that's amazing thank you so so much Leah for joining me today and chatting with me all about this you've provided some fantastic advice so thank you you're welcome hopefully it makes sense As someone who has considered the Doctorate of Clinical Psychology, it was so interesting to have a chat with Leah about her experiences and the reality of doing the professional doctorate. Efforts are being made to increase the accessibility and diversity of the Clinical Psychology Doctorate, and I have loved seeing the amount of Black people celebrating on Twitter and LinkedIn about their acceptances this year. However, there is still a steep hill to climb, particularly in implicit bias and systemic racism, and it's really difficult to have to be the person who goes through that to enact change. But the message I hear throughout all these podcasts is that we've got to do it. We need to be the change we wish to see in the world, despite how hard it can be at times. As always, don't forget to use the hashtag BlackFutureDoctor with any comments on social media, and please feel free to leave a review if you've enjoyed my conversation with Leah. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode.